Happy Friday, everybody. And this is a uh, another episode of The Great Speaking for Him with our phenomenal host, the great one, the mighty one. You know him as Andrew, but everybody else knows him as... Uh, help me out. Andrew's good. Andrew's good. Um, but I'm I'm grateful to be with you, and I'm grateful to have Chad back in the producer's chair. Uh, we've had Adam helping us out quite a bit um, because it's been a busy time of year, but we're grateful to be together and doing yes. this show. And uh, just want to let you know that today we're going to continue in our series of um, the four keys to success in the Christian life. Today we're going to talk about loving the brotherhood, and so we'll we'll get into that in more detail as we go on. Uh, but Chad, why don't you start us off with our quote of the day? Okay. If a man say, "I love God," and ha- hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he have not seen? First John 4.20 Alright, and so this is, I felt, was a really good verse to start things off on because um, we're talking about how the fact is that if we love God, that is a mandate to love others. If we are hold hatred in our hearts toward others, we can't very well say that we love God. Now, fortunately for us, God is patient, and sometimes we have to work through our feelings and and allow God to to work on us and um, get us to a point where we don't, where we can forgive or where we can love someone because we don't have the power in ourselves. But um, but it's definitely a prerequisite to this whole discussion of loving our brothers that we um, love them because God. Loved us. So do you have any initial thoughts? Nope, not at this moment. <clears throat> All right, we'll plunge right in. And uh, one of the first points that I came up with um, was that we need to get along. And for that, uh, Chad is going to read Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how God and how pleasant... How <laughs> Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133.1 And it's interesting how you started out that verse because you could very easily substitute how God-like and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And really, Bible verses don't get much more simple than that. A lot of times we, we look at a verse and we say, well, maybe... I'm not sure what that means. Let me look it up. Let me try to figure out what it means. What do the Bible scholars say? But I think this one's pretty cut and dried. When we are um, working together in unity, um, we can accomplish so much more and we can have peace. Um, you know, and, and even, even working on this podcast um, requires unity between myself and between the, the, Chad and Adam, who both produce for me, we need to be on the same page, and that will help to make sure that every week on Friday, when you um, click on the Speaking for Him podcast in your Apple Podcasts, hopefully, or wherever you listen to podcasts, that you will have a quality product. So, 
And then the next one is disciples are brothers of each other and of Christ. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your fa- and your Father and to my God and your God. And that is John 20, verse 17. And for this verse, I just think it's interesting how um, Jesus doesn't say, um, in this instance, he doesn't say, tell my followers, or, you know, he doesn't put them on a, on a, on a lower level than him. He has a very humble response. And he says, tell my brethren that I go before them in, in, to Galilee. There's another verse in Hebrews that says that Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So, so there's a sense in which the Son of God is our brother because we've been adopted into the family of God. And, yep. and that it's a, Wild and surreal thing, but it's very true. So, as we've looked at this, these first couple of points, is there anything that you would like to share, Chad? Well, I noticed that um, as I was reading this, what the scripture comes to my mind is when uh, Christ prayed, "May they be one, as you know, you and I are one." Mm-hmm. When he, as he prayed to the Lord. And that again also tells us that we we need to be um, adamant in obtaining some sort of unity. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point. A lot of times we say, "Well, it's their fault." There's not unity, right? When exactly. a lot of times has, one of us has to um, make the first step. And I also kind of like. Um, what I've heard Wally say on the Wally show, and I know, um, if you've listened to my podcast for the last few years, you know that I interviewed Wally a while back. But he said on his show, he said, a lot of times when we are begging God, um, to change other people, it doesn't seem to work very well. But if we ask God to change us, then as we are changing, he inevitably changes other people's response to us. So maybe the better prayer when we're dealing with relational difficulties is, Lord, change me where I need to be changed so that harmony can be achieved in this particular relationship. I have a story I can tell, if you don't mind, real quick. Absolutely. There's a lady that I had worked with a long time ago, and she was very difficult to get along with. Um, and it, it pushed my faith because, you know, Sometimes you have that person and you guys just rub each other the wrong way and you want so bad to just put them in their place. Well, one day I I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, tell her she's a good woman. And I said, God, you want me to lie? He says, no, every day tell her she's a good woman. So every day I told her she's a good woman. And over time... Because the first time I said it, she was like, what do you want? <laughs> and I was like, you know, nothing. I just want you to know you're a good woman. And after a period of time, her heart began to soften. And we ended up getting along a lot better. And it is because, like you had mentioned, you know, we have to ask God to change us before you can expect him to change others. 
that's that's so good and i i have a i have a very similar story where um i had a a, a difficult coworker and i um learned a lot about loving others unconditionally through that experience and um so i can definitely relate but it's so interesting the way the lord works and and to realize that we have flaws too like we we don't generally have as much trouble admitting our flaws to God as we do to other people. But it's through admitting our flaws to other people and, and through, uh, embrace, in a sense, embracing our imperfections with one another that we can really grasp a depth of relationship. Cause you're not going to find, you know, a perfect person that's going to want to be around you because you're not perfect. That's, that's true. That's quite a wake up call to realize that, but I've right. been there. So, um, um, and then our next point is we need to put our brothers before us. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one over preferring one another. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to break on chat a little bit here and, and it comes from something that, that chat often says when we get together to podcast. He often will will say, "What are we doing today, boss?" Or he'll say, "He'll say, I'm ready to go, boss." He always he always says that, and I kind of wondered why he would say that. I kind of kind of chuckled about it the first couple times, but then he explained to me how that's a way for him to keep um, in his mind that he is to put others above himself, and definitely I feel that when he comes. In here on his own time, you know, uh, with with very little uh, compensation that I can there's give no him. There's no compensation. Well, sometimes there's food, as you well know. I was waiting for my check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, eventually, if I ever hit it big, I definitely would love no, to hire. No, no, no. I would. I definitely would love to hire people. That's actually one of my goals and dreams. But we're getting a little off track here. And I just, I just want to say, Chad, I really appreciate that. And it's been a good reminder to me to put others ahead of myself because of that example I've seen from you. So I really appreciate that. And, and the, and the term boss, that's Mr. Lunt from Veggie Tales. That's kind of where it all okay. started. The so, reason why is still the reason why, yeah. but the, the concept of calling everybody boss, well, I kind of, you know, Mr. Lunt kind of rubbed off on me. That okay. and cheeseburger song. <laughs> All right, that that is a good song. Just as an aside, um, but uh, our next one is well, actually, yeah, our next one is we need to be gentle when we have conflicts with each other. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren. First Timothy five one. I think this is so key because I think that if you think of someone as a part of your family, then your whole goal of why you would confront them about something in a godly way is totally different. And so the tone of how you do it would be totally different. You're not 
your goal, as is so often the case when we're at, in our human response, our goal is to make the other person look foolish or to tell them how bad they were at what they did. But our goal as um, Christians, and I and I can apply this in in my teaching too at school, is my goal is to make the person better and help the person become a better person for the the interaction that we have for whatever critique that I have to give rather than, Oh, I'm right at all costs. And so I think that as I think that's why, um, Paul is reminding us to respect those who are older than us as father figures and to treat younger people that are our peers and younger than us as brothers. If we have that mindset, then it will hopefully mellow out um, the way that we interact. Of course, I could tell you some stories about how I didn't always treat my own brothers with respect either. His brother's so, here. Maybe we can hear a story. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you if you really wanted to, but um, in all honesty, though, I really got to a point when I got to the end of high school where I realized my brothers are going to be my brothers forever. And so I need to make sure that everything is, is, um, that we have a short account of, of, of wrongs. And so I took them out individually and made sure that things were right between us. And it really did make a world of difference. So I can honestly say that that is a good exercise, even though it's not completely pleasant at all times. So it's not pleasant going out with your brother? Not when you feel like there's something between you, but when you go through the process of, of reconciliation and you take the steps that are hard, it can, it can reap good, good rewards in the end. So. Yeah, eating some humble pie. Yep. Um, so before we move on to our final point, do you have any thoughts on these last couple points we covered? I like how you say we need to be gentle when we have conflicts with each other. There is not. There are not very many people out there who have the gift of gentleness as I see the scripture tells us to. Adam is one of the people. Um, there's a lady I know that I dated for a while. I mean, it's like they don't have the ability to be angry because you can't get them angry because they'll just reply so gently. And it's awesome because it's like, you know, with the That's lady what that we I all dated. Need to learn, you know. With the lady that I dated, with her gentleness, it, you know, the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. And it's like, yeah, I could be upset and she could be so gentle. And it's like, I can't be upset for any other reason except you're being gentle. And, um, that's she, a weird reason to be upset. <laughs> so, but, but it rubbed off on me and it, and it taught me a lot. And I'm thankful that I've had an opportunity of had that lady in my life. Um, but yeah, the gentleness that we're supposed to have towards each other, not many people have that gift. I absolutely agree with you. I, I'm wor I'm trying to work on it more. I know that's not my strong suit. Um, I, I always say that my, one of my goals is to be a man of few words, but I don't think it's about the number of words. It's about how you use them. I don't think God has ever intended me to be a man of few words, which is why I have a podcast. And you speak but, in churches. And I speak in churches, but I definitely can can do better with the way that I speak. A lot of times, I, I, in a communications class that I took in college, 
they said that 90% of our communication is things like body language and tone. Only 10% right. is the actual words that we use. So these are things to be aware of. All right, as we wrap up this discussion on loving the brotherhood, uh, we see if we, if we say that we love Jesus, we must love our brothers. And this kind of brings us full circle, um, because it, it's kind of uh, a similar thought to what was reiterated or what was put forth in our quote of the day. Um, and this is 1 John 3.14. Why don't you read that for us, Chad? We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth not in death. I think clarification would be good on that one. Okay, so... I think, first of all, this is convicting. But second of all, I think um, what he's saying is that if you love God, you will be able to love your brother. If you find yourself not able to love your brother, then you should evaluate your love for God. It doesn't mean that your love for God doesn't exist. Like I said before, sometimes the journey to loving others can be just that, a journey, and God is patient with us. But the ultimate reality is that if we don't love others the love of God isn't in us because the love of God is what gives us the impetus and the ability to love others. I think that what I meant by that was the specific portion of the scripture that says passed from life unto death. And then they repeat the term death later on at the end of the verse. What are they saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for somebody who maybe doesn't understand this. What are they referencing when they say from life unto death? I think they're they're referencing salvation. If we if we have salvation, then we know what it's like to be someone who is dead. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. There is nothing in us. Um it says in Romans that was strong enough to save us. We were in our weakness and God reached down and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and so he passes us from death to life because the life that we live, as Paul says in Galatians, we live through Christ because without him, we'd be dead. And so I think what it's saying is if we've embraced salvation, then we've been passed um, from death unto life. But if we haven't embraced salvation and we still hold hate in our in our hearts for everyone around us, that's a pretty good indication that we haven't embraced salvation. Um, because salvation is about love, then we will continue to abide in death because there's only two options, either life or death. There's not a third one. Right. There's no fences in the kingdom. So, do you have any thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think we've covered everything. All right, well, there you have our next installment in our uh, care, our four keys to success in the Christian life. We'll be back within the next few weeks with the next one. We hope that you are enjoying this series. If you want to uh, use this resource for others, you can feel free to download this podcast at any time. Uh, you could also request a CD to be made of a particular series. Just let us know what series you would like, and we will uh, do our best to get a CD out to you if you are so inclined. All right, well, that is about all the time I have for this week's show, so I will just say to you, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.